Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? And it's time for us to do another Life Logistics episode where you, the listener, get in touch to us with your many, many worries, fears, queries and wars, and we will help in any way we can. Help is not guaranteed, um, and also hindrance is not guaranteed, but could also happen uh, if we give the wrong advice. Uh, so don't take it too seriously. Uh, Consider no this a disclaimer. Yeah, there's no lawsuits. Yeah, no lawsuits, no refunds, etc., etc. Um, I put a little uh, thing out on the Twitter earlier just to say, we're doing a new life logistics. Have you got any questions, got any queries, got any wars? And a few people uh, replied. Um, first one, this is an interesting one, actually. This comes from someone called TV Terry. Mm, good start. Um, and TV Terry's uh, profile pic on Twitter is a cartoon TV with a green face and um, one eye bigger than the other, and his tongue protruding out of his little TV mouth. Lovely. He uh, looks. He looks like a fun character, Sam. Mm. He looks like a fun character. Um, doesn't follow us on Twitter. Strange. Um, he's only following six people. Uh, it doesn't have any followers of his own. But it is a mysterious Gosh. character. Yeah. And he's just been tweeting incessantly about Love Island. So per- I guess perhaps TV Terry is an alter ego of um, of one of our listeners uh, who's regularly known under another name because... Um, mm, very curious. Yeah. So there we are, TV Terry. Um, and he has got this question for us. He says, my mates bought me a suit for his wedding yeah. as I'm a, inverted commas, groomsman. Yeah. Whatever that means. Um, what is, what, what's that, a groomsman? I don't fucking know. I mean, I am a bit that, of a Is that like when you've got bridesmaids? The, 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 yeah. The women are bridesmaids, yeah, don't they? Is that, just, is that the equivalent? It's just fa- do you know what? Do you know what weddings are, mate? They're fucking babyish. Like, weddings yeah. are, are for kids. Right. It's pretend dressing up, isn't it? It's a, it's they, play, they are the most childish thing that an adult can do, right? They're yeah. fucking ridiculous. It's like, they all dress up, they all give out these stupid fucking names, right? Everything's got to be just so. And it's like, mm. why would you ever fucking do this, right? You, what, I mean, it, I remember at a mate's wedding and like... I don't know if if you've ever had the experience. Luckily, we're too old now to know many people who are getting married anytime soon. Yeah. Right. But if you talk to a couple who are getting married anytime soon, if you spend time with them, they are the most boring Mm. fucking people in the world because all Mm. they talk about is the minutiae of their wedding planning, right? Yeah. And they've, they've got an assumption that everyone else is fucking fascinated by it, right? And it's all contrived bollocks and kiddie stuff like groomsmen, like made up fucking words and things. Yeah. And I had a, 
you know, one of my closest mates was like, this was going back years now, when he was getting married, him and his missus, like, I had to just start swerving, socialising with them for, like, six months in the build-up. But, like, right. just little things bothered me. Like, obviously, we've got to book a uh, the string quartet, right? And I'm like, what the fuck is, what are you talking about? <laughs> they go, well, we thought it'd be really nice if when people arrived, there'd be a string quartet playing, right? And mm. I'm like, well, would it? I don't know. I mean, it costs loads of money, presumably. And it just seems like an affectation because if you were having any other sort of party with the sort of people we know and are mates, I'm sure for some people, a string quartet is wonderful, right? Mm. But let's be honest, the likes of me and you... And I like to think most people listening, we're just normal men. We're innocent men, right? We're innocent men, yeah. We are, you know, are the, the people we know are, are not string quartet people. They're, mm. sh- they're shitheads, layabouts, ne'er-do-wells, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, why are you getting a fucking string quartet? You, I wouldn't have a birthday party, right? And go, I'm having a birthday party. Yeah, all come at this time. Obviously, when you arrive, I'll have a string quartet playing. Because that will make you feel relaxed. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. like it's like mm. mad. It's like basically what it is 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 playing at being the fucking queen for the day. Right? It's just showing off. It's just showing how, how much can we show off? You know what I did? Dear. I did reverse showing off because yeah. I was so anti that stuff that we had a really nice wedding. But like you know, my wife even more than me was like. I go, what are we doing about cake? She goes, what do we have a fucking wedding cake for? She goes, they cost loads of money. Like lay oh, on really some, does. lay on some, yeah. le- like make sure it's a free bar for the whole night. No one eats cake at a fucking party unless it's a wedding party. It's fucking yeah. mad, right? Um, yeah, we had sausage and mash, cheap fucking sparkling wine, and yeah. I really made a point of announcing this to people as well throughout, like how little I'd spent <laughs> on the wedding. <laughs> I enjoyed enjoyed that because I just wanted to say that I'm not fucking trying to prove... I'm not trying to power... I'm not inviting all of my friends and family to a massive power play trap, which Mm. is what most weddings are, mate. They're a fucking huge power play to your nearest and dearest, either by you or in some cases, if you go to like a middle-class wedding, by the fucking parents of the bride, Yeah, right? Some pompous dad who's just power playing every other cunt there. And, and the, amount of, the amount of aggravation that, that it all leads to, like if you say, for example, the people can't bring their kids, that that people kick off about that, or then someone will bring their kid, and everyone was like, "Well, what you said, we couldn't bring kids. Why is that kid here? Get that kid out of here. Call the police. We need to get this kid removed. It shouldn't be at this wedding. It's in the rules." And everyone gets all lampardy. That's not based on anything oh, all that really that happened. Shit. Yeah, my all that shit. I mean, I had well, I, mean, I had a fucking... My family on my dad's side is huge, right? Because he's got fucking seven siblings and they've all got kids. So I've got fucking huge number of cousins, all the rest of it. And we couldn't afford to have every fucker there, including, you know, the sort of cousins who you met a few times when they were toddlers and haven't seen since. Yeah. Or uncles and aunts who you see once once in a fucking blue moon, right? And so I, I thought, well... And someone said, well, you've either got to invite all of them or none of them. Mm. But I thought, no, fuck that, because there was... None of them, please. Well, it could have been that, but there was one... I nearly said none of them, but actually, I had an uncle who, at the time, um, who I've always been close to, I consider him a mate, he's my youngest uncle, so it's like he's quite close in age, 
Yeah. And he actually lived briefly in the same road as me at the time. Like, we were living, like, we were practically neighbours. I saw him all the time. And mm. I really liked his, I really like his missus, my aunt and his kids. So I just invited them. But I didn't invite any of the other uncles and aunts, right? Apart from oh, for the, for the evening do. I said they can come to yeah. the evening do, but we can't have them there for the sausage and mash and all the rest of it, the sit down do. Yeah. Too much money. They can yeah. come to the evening do. I actually think some people still haven't, I think I still haven't, um, I think it still lingers. I mean, I don't That's care. Thing. I got enough to worry yeah. about, right? I've got all. Yeah. There's little feuds going on all over the world in my life. Do you know what I mean? But of course, but yeah. it's like you know. Listen, the thing is, it's all about fucking money. Get your best mates together, and whatever relatives you can still fucking just about tolerate being in the same room as. Make sure everyone has a good drink and has a good feed up, and that's it. And, and a dance. And a dance. Yeah. Make sure the music's good. Fuck all this groomsman bollocks. I'm, I mean, I, I got married in 2009. Mm. Um, the marriage ended in 2011. Yeah. And we were still paying, paying it off yeah. in 2014. But that's, that's, that's not really relevant. But the one thing at our wedding that got the best feedback out of everything yeah. was this. 8.30pm. Yeah. Hot beef sandwiches. Lovely. That's the sort there of shit go. that people remember. Yeah, they do. They do. That's what they all remember. Yeah. Hot beef sandwiches banged out at eight thirty. The people who'd been there since since the beginning, who'd had the, the wedding breakfast, mm. as it's called, which gets served up at like what three pm or something. Um, they were just bang ready for hot beef sandwiches because they'd been drinking for hours. You can get fucking hungry at a wedding, and I, me and my wife, right from the beginning, we were like, one thing that is unacceptable at a wedding when these people have made such an effort to come all this way, put on a fucking suit, maybe even buy a new shirt or what have you, right? They can't. You cannot have them be hungry for a single moment in a in yeah. the long and arduous day. You got to exactly. be feeding exactly these that. cunts nonstop with yeah. decent fucking grub as well, right? Yeah. And I think that's it. My brother-in-law, he he surprised us with an ice luge, a vodka luge made of ice, which Ooh. was a heart with our names on and an arrow through, all made of fucking ice, and you could Delightful. pour vodka in the top of the arrow. And then you squatted down at the bottom of the arrow with your mouth round it, right? And someone stood and just poured neat vodka through it, right? And it was a fucking great, excuse the pun, icebreaker. Because as soon as we arrived, fucking every cunt, he surprised. He was like, oh, I got you a vodka loose, didn't I, you cunts, right? And everyone started queuing up to do this vodka luge, even like quite straight uncles and aunts and like, you know, do you yeah. know what I mean? People who weren't expecting them. I've yeah. got photos of all of them. Like my mum, although that wasn't a particular surprise, my mum's like bang on it straight away with her mouth round the arrow, having neat vodka poured into her by the dishy South African waiter, right? And then like everyone was fucking at it. And like things like that are the things you remember, aren't they? Of course they are. Of course they are. But, you know, some people don't have the, the, the wit and the uh, the imagination to come up with shit like that, they get fucking uh, string quartets instead. I actually, like, I, I'm not a big fan of weddings, although I have had to cancel going to one that I was looking forward to. It's my cousin, who I am good mates with, and he's getting married in September, and it's I was looking forward to it, but unfortunately, due to prior commitments, I've had to cancel it. And it's the first time I've been gutted about not attending a wedding yeah. in fucking years. So, never yeah. mind. Hey, I might get married again one day. You never know. You can come to that. Oh, I tell you what, mate. I don't. I wouldn't presume to be the best man, but I would like to make a speech 
That said, oh, yeah. any, any wedding I attend, I always throw my hat in the ring for making a speech. I, what can I say, mate? I love making speeches. You certainly do, and you're very good at it, and it would, it would fill in some time, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because I imagine it would be quite lengthy. All right. So, yeah, so if there's any rich, 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 ideally attractive uh, widows listening um, yeah. who fancy another wedding, then uh, throw your hat in the ring because you'll get to marry Andy and you'll get a speech by me. So those two it things alone. Two for one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can be a groomsman, uh, whatever the <laughs> fuck that is. Yeah, because at my wedding we had, I had the best man, yeah. and I had ushers as well who handed out the the, uh, ushers, the leaflets yeah. as people were coming in. You sit over there, you sit over here's there. A, here's, here's, a, a leaflet. here's a leaflet. It's <laughs> a pamphlet. Have a read of that. All it's, the folks in that. It's got a lot about the death of neoliberalism and the things we need to do <laughs> to bring it about. And and um, and have a more equitable society. It's just a bit of light reading before the bride and groom arrive. <laughs> we'll have a big chat about it later on <laughs> at the wedding breakfast. There's going to be a heavy radical left wing theme to this wedding. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> if you do, you're better best off leaving now. <laughs> it's not for you. It's not for everyone. To be honest. <laughs> theme <laughs> wedding. This wedding. Theme wedding. <laughs> theme Marxist wedding. <laughs> <laughs> back to TV Terry uh, we got one line into his query he said my mates bought me a suit for his wedding as I'm a groomsman whatever that is he says I bought it on my credit card and he's given me the money £150 mm. he chose the suit and it's not one I would usually buy no. do I keep the tags on and get a refund immediately after the wedding cheers uh, I think my gut says yes I mean, mm. the whole, like, this is another stupid fucking thing about weddings. In what sort of fucking perverse world do you get told what to fucking wear by some other mm. cunt to their wedding? I mean, exactly. what kind of control freakery is that? Here's, here's your uniform for my special day. Do you know what? I honestly... That's, for your duties. Thank God that's never happened to me. But I genuinely think I would say, no, I'm not... I would say, no, I'm just simply not doing that. I'm not fucking wearing whatever, yeah. what some other cunt tells me to yeah. wear. Fuck that. Yeah. And it's like, and you've usually got to go to the, um, to get fitted uh, with it, haven't you? You've yeah. got to go to a, a designated wedding suit supplier. Yeah. Usually higher. And then you go and they, they fucking measure you up. Uh, and and you have to wear some suit that loads of other people have worn before you. Yeah. Disgusting. Listen, if you are someone... And I hate to say this, but very often it's the bride, right? Who wants to control what everyone does at their wedding. What they wear, how they behave, every other element. And you hear about this shit all the time, right? Get in touch and tell us why. Because you might think we're being unfair. But I can't understand what the appeal is in a day where you have a party where you control... Any other party in any other context. Imagine that. Imagine how... Imagine how... um unappealing that is and, and unenjoyable it is to your guests because you know all people crave Andy is freedom isn't it right yeah that's all this podcast is about is trying yeah. to advise people on how to you know be free of society shackles as the song goes right mm. live out loud and just rest at the same time so why would you have a theme party where the theme is control do as you're told yeah like it's a <laughs> like we're saying oh a Marxist but like wedding is a joke but most weddings and I mean this seriously most weddings are fascism themed yeah even if it's kind of like really um, 
hidden. It's it's hidden it, it, underneath. It's fascism by stealth, right? Yeah. But sometimes it's not even that stealthy because sometimes you have them going, you have to wear this. You have to say yeah. this. You have to fucking do this. Fuck off. Why? What? Because you two are in love. Fucking loads of people in love. Just because you're in love, it doesn't get give you the right to fucking tell us what to do. Your love is about you two. Well, that's exactly it, isn't it? That's what it's meant to be. It's meant to be a, a demonstration and um, of, of your commitment. Falling in love with another of your person. Love. That's all not- it. That's all it is. That's it doesn't give it you is. a superpower. It doesn't suddenly make you like someone who's the president, the fucking god of the world, god of your social circle for 24 hours because you happen to be in love. How do we even know you're in love? You might be pretending you're in love just to fulfill your fucking hyper-controlling fucking desires. You've got this mm. dream about a day in which you control everyone. You throw a party mm. that is in fact some sort of perverse dystopian prison camp type setup, mm. right? And so you've tricked someone else into marrying you on the lie that you're in love. But it's not about that. Mm. What you actually love is control and power. And that's what, you, that's what you're in pursuit yeah. of. And, and you only managed to salvage the situation by knocking out some beef sandwiches at half yet. <laughs> not that I'm referring to anything specifically. No. Jalapeño. Jalapeño. I don't like being told what to do. At weddings, or I do, I do not enjoy being told what to do. I don't mind being asked what to do, but I don't like feeling like I've got no choice in a situation. And least, but sometimes there are certain times enough where you just have to fucking swallow it. But I'm not happy, but you have to, right? Usually, usually it's for money, right? Usually you're like, all right, I will let you control me if you're going to give me money in return for a short period. Yeah. But this is uh, a wedding. I'm not getting anything for that. I'm having to spend money in order to be controlled. Yeah. I got an email this morning about something. Somebody wanted me to do a bit of writing for them. Mm. And I thought, right, I haven't done this sort of thing for a while. Hang on. I'd be doing this writing for them, and they're going to, like, tell me what they want me to do. And then if they don't like it, they'll tell me they don't like it. And I thought, yeah, ah, fuck yeah. that. Fuck that. Yeah. Well, I'll just carry on sitting in the bedroom talking to Delaney. It's interesting you should say, say that, because, like, you know, I write the reset, occasionally write bits on um, Patreon. I still do bits and bobs of journalism. You know, like, I've got a column in The Big Issue and that, but they're, they're good lads at The Big Issue. They literally just, like, you know... They understand you. They understand the way I function. <laughs> I've been doing it for, like, 10, 12 years to them, so, like, we have, we have an understanding, right? <laughs> yeah. But, they, but uh, I think actually they sometimes listen to this podcast as well, so they they understand me more than I even know. Too much, yeah. But like, I I was thinking that the other week. I was thinking all my life, all my career for twenty years, I was writing and broadcasting, but always at the behest of someone else, playing to the tune of someone else's fiddle. Right. Mm. Once you get used to just doing it on your own terms, it, and you've just proved this with the story you've just told. It is fucking difficult to go back. Do you know what I mean? To pitch stuff and have to do like, oh, right, I have to operate within the parameters. Like, remember when I went and (laughs) and fucked up on this morning, not for the first time, and then I sparked (laughs) pharmacy game. Yeah, because you had your TFTM head on, didn't you? You, Your analysis of it was immediate and correct. I went, I don't know what went wrong. I just went on, made a couple of gags, and now I'm a public enemy number one. And I literally couldn't, and you went, yeah, but 
you've gone on. And the, the crucial thing was someone, the researcher who'd come to brief me was a TFTM fan. And he was a young lad. Right. And he was like, just right. want to say, I love the top light. It's well funny. No, no, no. <laughs> so I sort of thought, great, and started showing off to him, right? <laughs> and what they do is they start they start <laughs> telling you the stories that they want you to talk about. And then they start yeah. saying, so what do you think about this? And you say it back to them and they go, okay. And they take notes. And, Occasionally they go, okay, well, maybe you could focus more on this than that because our viewers will prefer yeah. that. And I go, all right. But because he had said that he was a Top Flight Time Machine fan, I've gone, oh, yeah, like a bit of that, do you? So when he told me the <laughs> pharmacy story, I've just done it like I was talking to you because I knew it would get a laugh out of him, right? And because he laughed so much, I've just gone on air and done it, right? But the Don't truth it. is, is that for years, for 20 years, what I was good at, what I built a lot of my career on was fucking understanding, getting to grips with the, the parameters and the rules of, of every different media outlet I worked for and fitting into that because that's why people mm. will employ you. You have to have a certain amount of talent, but you also need to be adaptable so you can fit into any one system very quickly, right? So if you're on one radio station or another, you know the tone, you know the audience, mm. you adapt. As a result of doing Top Light Time Machine, the things that I write and broadcast, generally speaking, nowadays, I will go on with a Top Flight Time Machine head-on. And the only concession I'll usually make is not swearing. But other than that, I mean, look, what was the last time we ever went on TalkSport? I'm pretty sure it was the Reg Varney incident, right? I think it might have been. I, I think that's the best call ever on national radio here and perhaps around the world, right? It's top 10. It's yeah. top 10 stuff, right? <laughs> But uh, it's up there with your best of Everett and Howard Stern, right? Yeah. But we were just and, doing uh, it. And Danny, Danny Baker and Danny Kelly's wooden bow tie. Yeah, exactly, the classic. <laughs> and we, we, we were just like thinking that we were still doing the podcast. And it's the same. I mean, whenever I go on things now, like yesterday I went on TalkSport to preview the West Ham game. And it was with Max Rushton and Barry Glendenning, right? Uh, yeah. Who we've both worked with in the past. And they're a laugh, obviously. So they're up for, like, bringing out... And I was actually on the road on the way to a seminar. I had to pull over in quite a rough council estate. So I was really worried that I was going to get carjacked whilst doing the the uh, two-way, right? But I thought, oh, well, that'll, that'll be good. Oh, I was actually thinking, that, that will actually be good content, right? If I go, oh, fucking hell, I've been carjacked, right? <laughs> but, like, they asked me about... Oh, are you going to miss Mark Noble? And I went, yeah. And they went, yeah, because he always cleaned the dressing room, didn't he, at away games before he left. And I said, and when they said that, but until then I'd just been bored because they'd been asking me football questions that obviously I've got no interest in. I'm I'm capable of answering, but I have no interest in. But uh, I'm like, but I like Max Rushton because I think he's like us, is that he just, ha- he doesn't particularly like the football stuff, but he feels that he has to yeah. do it, right? And then... To get to then get on to, with having a laugh, and do you know what I said? All I then I hijacked the interview, which was supposed to be a proper preview, by bringing up the subject of the wide caretaker broom. Yes, good man. Because that's where my brain's at. I'm not interested in who we're playing up front. I couldn't give a fuck, right? But when mm-hmm. they talked about cleaning dressing rooms, I've gone, yeah. Well, when you clean a dressing room, what you need is one of those very wide booms like the caretaker at school had. <laughs> but luckily, I was in good company because Max Rushton straight away got really into that. To be fair to him, yeah. he got really into that. He's like, yeah. yeah. And he pointed out something interesting. He goes, those ones that are so big, they actually have stanchions. And they do. 
Oh, they do, yeah. <laughs> they have stanchions, yeah. right? Between the, the broom area and the handle and the itself. handle. Yeah. And I, they're difficult to source. I said some shops have them, but I think they're mainly only available to actual caretakers, like they have a private supply chain. The hotline. Uh, Obviously, quite a few people listening then sent me a link on Twitter to Amazon who sell them. But uh, yeah. but I came off the phone thinking, that's weird. And my, my son was in the back of the car listening while I was doing this on this rough council estate. So the jeopardy was high. And he only heard one half of the interview. He went, what was that? I said, it was talk sport. He went, what were you doing? I said, I was on air previewing the game. He went, why are you only talking about brooms, really wide brooms? And I said, I, that's what I do. I son. said, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just where my head's at these days. <laughs> these days. I find it hard to think about things other than things like wide brooms. Yeah. But well oh, done to Rushton right. for immediately pointing out, like getting into it and having that knowledge. It. He knew mm. that they had stanchions. And then I looked them up and I've been looking at quite a few with stanchions. I think that's a serious fucking broom that they have to put. They're not putting that in for cosmetic reasons Andy they're putting that in because it's so big that the handle would probably break off without them and he's he's quickly used the correct terminology as well he could have he could have put support rods or something like that he could have said nah, that but no he, he went in with stanchion and he was right he's thought about this Rushton knows his stuff and if you listen he to does. Football Unlimited I sometimes feel bad because I think you know obviously a lot of the other guests on there are like football hipsters like they'll have some mm. French guys talking about inverted wing backs you know for all the fucking virgins who are into that sort of shit, right? And uh, and I listen to Max, and I think Max, he's going along with it. He'll listen to their fucking boring virgin weirdo shit, live in the, your mum's basement bullshit about tactics, yeah. right? But really what he wants to be doing is talking about fucking brooms and shit like that. He's on his phone at the same time, scrolling, yeah. looking at brooms. He's looking at brooms just like you or I, right? But yeah, he's trapped. Exactly. The podcast is a success. And now he's trapped. And it's just like Charlie Watts getting trapped in the stones. In the Rolling Stones. He's, he doesn't really enjoy it, but it's golden handcuffs. Mate, I forgot to tell you on Monday's pod. As you know, I go away every year on holiday with the famous 60s socialite, Chrissy Shrimpton. Right? Yes, you do. And you'll remember, a previous episode was when she tried to get me involved in the secondary hair market. Do you remember that? I do remember that, yes. <laughs> What didn't she have some of she Jagger's had, hair? Now, for those who don't know, Chrissy Shrimpton dated Mick Jagger in the 60s. It was a very mm-hmm. high profile, one of those. They were an it couple, right? Yeah. She had previously dated Steve Marriott of The Small Faces. And she was the sister of Jean Shrimpton, the shrimp. And she herself was a yeah. model. So she's very she big 60s character, right? She doesn't mm-hmm. particularly like talking about the past, right? Because a lot of people don't, you know, it's the point of dwelling on the past. But when I see her on the beach every summer, because of the way I operate as Britain's best journalist, right, the instincts never leave me. So I see her, and all I think is, I've got about an hour in Chrissy's company until I go up the arcade with Len to get on the coins. Mm. I am going to pump her for stories about Ooh. the 60s. That's all I'm interested But she can't see it coming. Because if she thinks that's all I want, then she'll be offended. Because, obviously, I like her. She's sort of like a, a, a relative by association. And, yeah, I want to say, how's, how's it been? How's your year been? Blah, 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 blah. But, I'm just going to have a look at Chrissy Shrimpton. And then I, but what I really want to say is, Poor Chrissy Shrimpton, tell me everything about when you dated Jagger. But, yeah. you see, I do it by stealth, mate. So, 
What do I go in with? Real casual like. Yeah, we're sat there on the beach in Shanklin, right? I'm reclining in my fold-out <laughs> chair next to her. And I've gone... Yeah, Chrissy Shrimpton. I've gone, here, Let me ask you this. Chrissy, and she's gone, yeah. And I've gone, you seen that? Get back, right? And she went, which one's that? I went, you know, the one about the Beatles. And she went, oh, I think I saw a bit of it. I said, the only reason I ask you is that I thought you might know Glyn Johns. Of course I fucking know she knows Glyn Johns because Glyn Johns was the Stones producer for fucking years before he got onto the Beatles. That was his main band where he made his name. And she's gone, oh yeah, Glyn, of course. I know Glyn and his wife very well. I haven't seen him for years, but we were very good friends, right? And I'm like, oh, he's absolute knockout. So I told her the whole story about when I went to see Glyn Johns. She hasn't got some of his hair, has she? Well, I didn't ask. But then, it, mate, it was brilliant. It was such a great way in. Um, she started. She told me some good Glyn Johns content. I told her my story about Brian Cox crying at the screening I went to, right? <laughs> Obviously, that's yeah. a great story. That disarms someone if you share a story like that, right? Turns yeah. out she does watch Succession, so you have to have seen Succession to find that extra funny, don't you? Yeah, of course. And... Uh, and so we're talking about that. And then she goes, I don't watch a lot of those old documentaries about music because I don't, she went, I don't like to live in the past. She went, one I did watch though was the BBC one about Charlie Watts, right? And I said, I haven't seen yeah. that. She went, because I loved Charlie. She went, and in fact, I was godmother to their daughter. And I'm like, at this point, wow. in my head, I'm playing it cool. I'm like, right. But I'm thinking, fucking jackpot. I've hit the mm. Charlie Watts mother load. Now, it would be yeah. too indiscreet for me to share it all now. And most of it's pretty nerdy, anoraki stuff, I suppose. But I had a good 40 minutes of pure, unadulterated inside track on Charlie Watts's. Charlie Dots. It was just Charlie Dots. I had them coming out. I was sat there in my happy place on the beach in Shanklin, right? Yeah. With a nice cold drink, feet up, looking at the sun yeah. dapple in the sea. Just getting mm. 40 minutes worth of pure, exclusive Charlie Dotes, right? Fucking brilliant. And I was like, this, my fu- my friend, I thought to myself, Sam, because I was thinking in the third person. I thought, Sam, this is the fucking life, mate. You have made it. It was great. This this, this is Sven Goran Eriksson at 11am with a bottle of champagne. <laughs> Saying to Dieter Hamann, life, Kaiser. We are celebrating life. <laughs> This is, I tell you what, mate, this is the rhinestone cowboy years. (laughs) (laughs) It was sensational. And the thing is, Chris is really nice and I hate, I mean, I'm pretty certain she'd never listened to his podcast and I'd hate for her to think that I'd manipulated her in any way because I do really like her. But it was was done gently and with respect and I didn't force the stories out. But these are stories of like when they were first coming up through the ranks right and yeah. she was kipping on the floor around at his mum's house in their prefabricated home right yeah. Lo- loads of fucking great stuff loads of confirmation of how he just found the whole fucking outfit ridiculous and sort of just <laughs> indulged the others right just thought it was just yeah. fucking stupid and was just only interested in jazz but he was like whatever Love right that. so Love all of it. that stuff that we knew fully confirmed also and I'll probably tell you he's off air um some interesting Wyman anecdotes as well. Because she's like, you know, they've done all these documentaries recently. She went, and Bill is not even mentioned once. She went, he was in the band for 30 years. 
30 years yeah. is totally been written out of history and she just found that quite interesting because you know, she was mm. besies with all of them sort of thing well yeah I mean um, Bill Wyman's relationship with her teenage yeah. Mandy I mean, Smith she did say, was indulged at the time she did say that was probably the reason yeah but she said there I was no complaints so. at the time well, different times. Yeah. Yeah, there certainly wasn't, was there? It was good tabloid fodder. Um, we'll leave it there. TV Terry, should he get a refund on the suit? I, I say yes. I say yeah. Yeah, fuck that. Mm. I mean, if I was you, I'd just say I'm not wearing it. But, get you know, get the 150, your mate gives it to you, so you're not down on the yeah. deal anyway. But if you get the refund, that way you're getting 150 quid effectively from your friend. But it's almost a, it's a victimless crime. But you deserve yeah. that money, TV Terry, yeah. because you are being told what to wear, and no adult male should ever be told what to yeah. wear. And one of our listeners, Miss Amy Ryan, has already replied on Twitter. She simply says yes. So there you go. Yeah. So the, the listeners Pre- have spoken. We've spoken. Yeah. And um, there it is. Get the money back. Keep the, you know. Keep the tags out of sight. Keep it clean on the big day itself, and then get the money back. Go for it. Yeah. Um, right, we'll we'll leave it there. I think we'll do this as a two-parter because we are doing two episodes for the IFS this week, so we've got more logistics to get through. They'll be with you later today uh, once we've recorded it. Um, so there we go. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks for your questions. A few more to come. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.